0: And we're here at the Herdad Sports Bar and Grill. The triple play podcast gets rolling. Game one of the World Series. We welcome in a World Series champ and standout husker, Java Chamberlain, his pod, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Guys, it is fall classic time. Excited to be here on stage in La Vista, the Herdad Sports Bar and Grill. And even happier that it's game one of the World Series. Just talked to my brother, Uncle Mark. (laughs) He is, well, I I would put money down. He was going to be nosebleed. That's not the case. He he ponied up. He took his two boys, his lovely wife. They're in Arlington. We're about 45 minutes, 50 minutes away from first pitch as we do this live pod, triple play podcast. We want you to follow first and foremost on Twitter. And we want you to listen, subscribe apple and spotify and of course the youtube channel java brother i love this time of year's so important to you uh you work all year for it you've experienced it and uh you have that ring to show for it man i know you're smiling
1: yeah i wish i had the ring but i would have to cut my dad's <laughs> finger off to get we it. don't want that no no he still needs it he's only <laughs> he's 72 going strong so but no that's i mean that's what you play for and, you know, to get to this point in, in game one, the emotions and, and everything that go into it is is extremely important. And it's from a kid playing in the backyard with your dad or with your buddies. It, it's the same thing. And when they say it is, but then it isn't. And you get that opportunity to tow that rubber or, you know, run on the field in game one of a World Series when you've never done it before. It's, it's going to be an exciting series. A lot of people are are talking like, oh, this is, it's not going to be a watch series, but this is going to be a series with a lot of dynamics that I don't think a lot of people are going to expect because like we've talked about on Wednesday, Elijah, you brought up a great point of now it's two different dynamic teams. Mm -hmm. They relied on the home run with the Rangers and then you have seen what the D backs did in small ball. Mm -hmm. And I think they just need to press the issue and, and certain things that I think they need to do with. Corbin Carroll, first and foremost, you had one attempt in five games. And now look what happened when you did game six and seven. I think if they play their game and they have those leaders in Walker and Longoria and Tommy Pham, I think it just creates something that is going to be great. And it's going to be a great postseason. I don't care what anybody says.
2: And John, one of the things that's interesting to me is you, you call the Diamondbacks baseball small ball. And I also kind of alluded this to in our podcast earlier in the week. It's small ball compared to how baseball has trended over the past 10 to 15 seasons. But you go back if you go back 30 years, nobody would call this diamondbacks baseball small ball. It's just baseball. It's how baseball Ooh, yeah. is played. It's fundamentals. Yeah. You know what? You need to get a guy from second to third, sacrifice fly. You need to get a guy from first to second because you got a man on with nobody out. You bunt him over. It's it's small ball now, but 25 years ago, you wouldn't have called that small ball in baseball. It's just kind of the old versus the new in baseball is kind of what we're going to be seeing in this World Series. That's why I think it's going to be a really intriguing matchup.
0: There, there are World Series that you look back to yesteryear that kind of sneak up on you. And man, my my probably honestly favorite World Series ever was that that 91 World Series with the Twins and with the Braves, because the Braves were a perennial one hundred lost. I'm sorry. One hundred lost. <laughs> the Braves team. fan. The, the fighting Braves Dale. Fan. The fighting Dale Murphy is forever. The fighting Murphs. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden here comes uh, Schmaltzy and Glavin and uh, Alejandro Pena and right uh, Terry Pendleton's MVP <laughs> season and uh, Otis Nixon. Otis, my man, right? So I mean, I remember that Braves team and just fist fighting with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati in that era. And that was the era of Seiko and Maguire. And Oakland should have won it every year. They won it once. And then here's Kirby Puckett. Here's the Twins. Here's Dan Gladden. Here's oh. Gaetti. Here's Jack Morris. Here's Scott Erickson. I mean, that really drew me in. You, you have a kind of a peak year as a kid when you get locked in and, and that fandom really engulfs you. That was kind of my World Series. That was my. Gibby broke my heart with the uh, crushing one off act, but I mean, this is great. This is great for, for kids, for baseball fans that are adults. This could be one of those series that go down legendarily in, in seven games, but on the periphery right now, it doesn't look like something that's going to get to move the meter for a lot of folks because they're not big name teams. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've got Arizona that uh, how the hell they get in here with the run differential. Okay, and and that's 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 a fair question. The Rangers, it's been a long time since they had rock and rolled. But before that, the 2011 run, I mean, it was, you know, Texas is nice and there's where Nolan Ryan lives.
1: Right. I mean, the thing about it is, it's like, let's talk a little bit about the two makeups of both teams. The Rangers have spent over eight hundred million dollars in the last two seasons. Spent well. And you know what? They did a great job. But then you have another team in the aspect of what the D-backs have done. They brought in some older veterans, brought in some young guys. Good mix. And it, and it worked. And that's what's the greatest thing about it. Because it is two different teams. You know, you bring in a guy like Max Scherzer and obviously Jordan Montgomery with the Rangers. And then you bring in Seawald. <laughs> and, you know, it's Max Scherzer versus Seawald. Like, um, okay, let's, let's play that game. Who you you taking? Obviously. Mm-hmm. But who showed out and who hasn't? Mm. And you can't take that away from them. And the guys that are doing what they're doing is fantastic. And on both sides of the fence. I mean, you got rookies doing things that haven't been done before. And then you got veterans that are literally doing things that we expected from them. And that's why I think this is going to be so, so good. They're both nine and three coming into this game. That's great. Their averages aren't too different. The D backs are at 247. The Rangers. Or at 265, kind of what they've done throughout the year. Obviously, the Rangers are leading in home runs. That's not surprising with what they've got. And you can't let a lineup beat you. But when you have a guy that is literally one RBI away from the record at 21, he's literally hit seven or he's one of 11 players at seven or more homers. And he has an absolute cannon from right field and a Dolas Garcia. And then you got Seager, who's only had a measly 327, three homers. He scored 12 runs. Like, man, He's your quiet assassin. Yeah, okay, let's not even talk about him. And then, you know, Evan Carter hitting 308, eight runs scored and, and doing those things. But I, I think it's two completely different lineups where I think it's going to be a slugfest one game. It's going to be a small ball game the other mm-hmm. And that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to see the different dynamics of these games and how they play themselves out.
2: Now, I think from a, a big picture sense, too, you talk about the two different ways that these teams play. It's interesting the two different ways in which they built their roster because both these teams, two seasons ago, bottom of their division, a hundred plus losses. And if you don't like that story, then you don't like baseball. Where these teams came <laughs> from to get here, but it is. The, the Rangers, as you said, spending $800 going all in at the deadline this Hold year. Hold on, $800?
1: For $800
2: million. me. Okay, let's get me. that straight. Let's $800 million. Straight. That'll, that'll
0: cover the bar tab.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> but and then you look at the Diamondbacks, and again, you kind of laid out. They brought in Seawald. Okay. But then everybody else, I mean, they're building from within. Young stars in that Diamondbacks roster. It's, it's so interesting to me that – that despite where baseball has been in the past, you know, 10 years with star power and, you know, it's the, the Dodgers and the Yankees and all these big name teams, it's the Diamondbacks that built from within, did it the way I think baseball is supposed to be played and, and the way you're supposed to build a franchise, trusting the young talent, really building up that farm system, developing from within, bringing those guys up. It's the two different ways that these these teams built. It's, it's such a, an interesting dichotomy these two teams. And that's why I kind of laid out a little earlier. If you don't like this matchup, you don't like baseball because this really does test like the the GMs, how they built the roster. What is the better way to do it? Do you want to build from within or do you want to go all in at the deadline and spend a whole bunch of money? Because we've seen teams do it in different ways to get to the world series in years past, but I can't remember this, the, the different ways that these teams have, have, you know, matched up in the world series and the the grandest of stages and just having such a big difference in how the, the rosters were constructed.
0: It's uh, either way works. You've seen uh, a win now and forget about the future. Let's focus on the present. You've seen a situation where a team builds and builds and then grinds, and then they have the breakthrough and they somehow some way keep a club together. And then to your point earlier, Jabba, you see a mixture of, of acquired talent and, and, Homegrown talent, triple play podcast here at Herd at Sports. Jaba Chamberlain, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Give us a follow on Twitter. The Trip Play Pod is where you can follow the pod. Spotify and iTunes is also where you can uh, listen to it. And then the YouTube channel, Herd at Sports, will have this podcast posted. We do this during the baseball season, during the postseason, and of course through Nebraska baseball's season. Jaba, you've experienced and been a part of some some teams that have had uh, you and and a core group of kids that were drafted and brought up and developed through the minors up to the show, but you've also been a part of New York, as long as you were, uh, you know, George and company weren't bashful about bringing in the high-priced, big-name guy. How did that work in the clubhouse with the homegrown, developed talent and then the acquired guys that were supposed to, to be, the big boppers or the big guys on the hill
1: before I touch that. Hey, Donnie, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, I'll expect a couple of Budweiser's from that. uh, (laughs) You know, you can come and and be a sponsor for the show as well, but uh, no, I I think being what it was when the core four that came up and then you had myself, Phil Hughes and Ian Kennedy, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think building from in it it works and, and we've seen it, I was fortunate enough to play on the 2015 Kansas City Royals championship team. Yeah. And that was all those guys. And I think from where that happens is you have to be bought into what it is for these guys. Because you know if you're going to get these guys and build them, you're not going to be able to keep them all. And, that, and that's part, that's, that's the hard thing. But once you win, we saw what the Royals did.
0: We that was a long, brother. That was a long process of of, of lo- losing, lot of <laughs> lot losing, lot of losing. Right, right. loss L's. But once once that core group, I mean, you know how special that was. But then but think about that too. We have two teams that in less than two years
1: at a hundred plus losses, That's nuts, and then the World Series as fast as ever happened. Mm-hmm. And and the craziest part, and I think it starts from the top with everybody and how they constructed these teams with. The young talent with bringing in talent. And obviously, the Rangers have spent more money. But the likes of Evan Longoria and Tommy Pham and guys that have done it before, Evan Longoria is the first non pitcher to go 15 plus years getting to a World Series. And good for him. He had a beer in one hand and a cigar in the other. Let it ride, Evan. <laughs> I love it. Longo's a great dude. He is fantastic. And they have those guys. But those guys also need to step up, too. Not only off the field with being who they are, but you've got to be able to compete, participate and make it happen on the field. And they're hitting like a buck 80 combined between Christian Walker, Evan Longoria and Tommy fan. And that's their veterans. And you've got the other guys that are just, like I said, keep it simple, stupid. They're not smart enough to know sometimes on what it is, but I'm excited about them. I mean, You think about Cattell Marte going into it, you know, hitting 353 or something crazy like that. Just broke my keys. Grissom' hitting streak. He's 16 games. Nobody stopped him in 16 games. Started postseason career. And I think there's there's so many aspects to this team and what it is. But I also think Mm -hmm. there's the depth of what this game is when you start going and starting pitching to the middle guys, to the bullpen, like where. Where's the advantage? Do we compare positions? Do we compare just infield, outfield to bullpens or two? What's, what's your
0: take? What's the advantage? Who has it overall? Let's go power versus liability. I, I, for me. Are you betting on pitching are you betting on hitting? I, I'm betting on the game
1: of baseball. I'm betting on all facets of what it is. And I'm going to bring this up, and in, in, in the D-backs media brought this up. And I don't know if anybody's seen this, but if you do want to do the parallels from 2001, this is weird to 2023. And if we want to do them, Randy Johnson, in '01 hit a bird.
0: <laughs> uh, can we redefine? Didn't just hit. I, I mean, mean destroyed, and, and, it not, it not destroyed, destroyed it.
1: Evaporated the bird. Zach gallon is getting ready for a bullpen playing the A's. Hits a bird. It is the same dates from 01 to 23 right now.
0: October 27th.
1: Exactly. Same date.
0: Get the DeLorean.
1: The all-star game in 01 was in Seattle. Where was it in 2023? Seattle. And who's throwing the first pitch tonight? W. Well, I don't know what you guys think, but... The game of baseball is hilarious.
0: It can be funny. It can be. So we have the reality of uh, audio. That's good. Now we're fixed. Uh, Yeah, now we're good. The Triple Play Podcast Chris Schmidt, Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, as uh, we're here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Jabba just laid out some eerie things with dates and times and first pitches and, and all that good stuff. And we're kind of getting into the, the meat of the matchups here. The uh, surprise Diamondbacks and the Rangers who gave it away at the end of the regular season and then went on a flat-out tear to get where they're at right now with hitting and, and just enough pitching. Pitching has been solid. Their bullpen has been really good.
1: Yeah, I, I think if you go back and look and then the bullpen's is the thing we talked about with the Rangers. And they're, they're rolling at a 3.7. And the D-backs are at a 2.9. And, you know, the guys you're relying on and you're seeing Saborz and Chappie and LeKirk, And Chapman has a 1.4. And that, that, you look at it and LeClerc has saved his ass a bunch of times. But he's also, he's rolling at a 4.3. I think Saborz is, is the guy that's going to beat it. And the D-backs are running at a 2.9. I mean, Ginkle and... See well, I mean, oh, so going back to Wednesday when we talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. So I got the parallels of what his vertical and horizontal was. His average was 88 <laughs> on his slider. 37 inches vertical, four inches horizontal. And for people that don't understand that, think of standing 60 feet, six inches, throwing it from his arm slot and 37 inches going straight down and four the other way. Why is baseball the hardest thing you do? Because dudes like that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I was glad I was on the other side. I tried to hit a couple <laughs> times and, and that was embarrassing. It it was awful. And so I'm glad that. But I think I think the back end, the D-backs have, I think, more options than what the Rangers do. And it, it kind of shows, but I was surprised looking into
2: everything that that ERA was. Was not too far away from each other. And and I want to get your thoughts here, Job, as we kind of dive into some of the stats. I mean, clearly there's a reason why. I mean, the people like Moneyball are out there where that you dive into the stats and you you go build winning rosters off of the stats. But once you get to a seven-game series in October, the eyes of the the world are on you. I mean, it's packed houses do you have to throw some of those analytics out the window and just focus on the dudes that you have? Because you've seen guys in big-time moments, Clayton Kershaw, who just doesn't perform up to that same level whenever he's on the big stage. Do you have to throw some of that analytics out and just trust the dudes that you have within your roster? Understand, you know what? I know the analytics say here that this might be a tough matchup for him. We might need to go to the bullpen, but I'm going to trust I have a dude on the mound and I can continue rolling with him. Is there something to that at this time of year? I
1: think so, and, and we've kind of seen that. With, with the guys and in situations that they've done. But I also think, too, where where what happens is you overthink it and, and don't have enough feel with with what's going on. But do you treat a game seven different than game one? You're in the World Series. I, I mean, I've seen it both ways. But I, I think getting off on the right foot is the best way to do it and, and making sure that you have – you know, the nerves and everything under control, because this is the thing we've talked about when, when everybody says they try to treat it the same and, and Tori Lovello and, and all the kids, like when they talk, they're like, Oh, we're trying to treat it the same BS. It's different. It's different with everything that goes in. And as we sit here with this right here,
0: you hold, don't, hold it up. hold you it don't, up.
1: You don't get that patch for nothing. So the game is different. I, I can see you haven't washed that hat, have you? That never got washed.
0: <laughs> I, 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 we're going we're gonna to take an off-ramp for two seconds <laughs> on, on the either superstition or just personal <laughs> choice right. of, of not washing. Some guys, Michael Jordan, wanted a new pair of shoes every day. Some guys, uh, as uh, in the great cinema classic um, Ace Ventura, didn't. Wash their jock or wore their socks backwards. You Ace Ventura on us there. I did, and, <laughs> and and some didn't want new baseball hats. I'm surprised you're touching that, Jabba. I, you know what? It's greatness. World Series it's greatness.
1: <laughs> I mean, it did win a game in the World Series. Relax. <laughs> I, <sure laughs> okay.
0: I don't think the hat I can, did. I think I you did. I can lean that. back. <laughs> of a backhand is coming. I think so, the
1: sweat stains helped.
0: Okay, this is still from the run, the championship teammate etiquette says what who who was cool with you wearing this thing who was not cool with you guys wearing or not changing or washing
1: so that hat is from day one of the season and you didn't never get a new hat never got a new hat I mean literally the sweat stains are still in it you think if I got a new hat they I mean they're still on the brim but I would legitimately get kicked out of the dugout by Andy Pettit he's like you can't sit next to me Cause your hat smells terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't switch hats. Like I get a low profile hat because my bill is always flat. If I got a regular hat, it looked like I had a damn peanut butter and jelly sandwich in it.
0: <laughs> I can't wear. And a I flat know I'm bill. a big
1: dude, but damn, I want to look like good in a hat. Cause I sure. wear a flat bill. Huh? And so he made me switch hats and I got away with it a couple of times. Cause I stayed away from him. But Andy is, is one of my, my great mentor. I actually have his numbered tattoo on my arm for a reason. He, he taught me to be a great father and understand how to take the game in stride and what it is. And so other than him kicking me out of the dugout to get a new hat, he, he's one of my favorite.
0: How did that <laughs> conversation go? Word for word.
1: Chaba, get out of here. Your hat stinks. Andy, it's the only hat I got. He goes, there's plenty of other hats. Go get a different one. And you did. I had to, it was Andy Pettit. Okay. What else was I supposed to do?
0: The winningest dude in postseason history. I I know Andy. The guy
1: threw another... He threw a whole season in the postseason.
0: He's incredible. But did you ever challenge him on any etiquette never no uh-uh.
2: <laughs> one person i did not i knew better but tell me about the, the, the superstition with it because that's always been around in baseball the it's probably just you know comfortable what? and it fit right is it that or is there superstition whatever i hear from day one of this season i feel like the superstition has got to start building into the fact that i haven't washed this hat all year and now we're in the world series i can't change now
1: no not really um they actually wanted to take my hat away because these are just patches So if you feel it, it's just a patch and they wanted to have new hats because they wanted to take this one from the regular season, sell it and do all the other stuff. I go, damn that. Mm. I go, this, this fits. I was going to go somewhere else, but we'll keep it. We'll keep it right here. But I was like, no, we're going to have this. I go put a patch on that. This is the one I'm going to wear. This is this since the beginning of the season. And we started the season off terrible and we got to where we wanted to be. And I was like, nope, I'm riding this out. And this is the way it's going to be. And superstition wise, I don't know. You've been around a lot of baseball players. You love the game of baseball. We are the most superstitious people oh, on yeah. the planet. Not even close. Like, I literally to this day, I will not put my left shoe on before my right shoe. Just won't happen. Never will. Even with my son's games, I don't, if my son's pitching, don't talk to me. I stand in the same spot, don't want to hear a word. Like I'm still to this day that way, and I think it's just something that was built into us. And I know some guys aren't; some guys are just willy nilly about everything. But I still to this day am am very very superstitious.
0: Who's the most I was going to go there too? Most superstitious teammate.
1: Wade Boggs. Who? He wasn't even. He wasn't even my teammate. He is from Omaha though.
0: But he. But he's. But he's. A, he was a Red Sox, a Yankee, and a World Series He Rode a horse for God's sake.
1: Well, and he was a Ray. And you want to know a funny story? And this is. So, going into the Hall of Fame, Beyond
0: the Coors Light.
1: Yeah. Well, 56, 47, whatever the, the fairy tale <laughs> is. Or, but no, this is Wade Boggs is the reason now you don't get to pick what team you go in because he was the first ever Ray to go in and he played with the Rays for how many years? One. Yeah. He got paid to go in as a Ray.
0: Yeah. Because he shook him down.
1: And they're like, we'll pay you to go in as a Ray. So now they pick what team you go in as but the lure of Wade Boggs obviously drinks a ton of beer. Good for him. Fantastic. He was good at it, but you could be in mid conversation. He ate two hot dogs before every game and they had to be Fenway Franks. You would be in mid conversation and I don't know what time it was four thirteen 13 at home, but you could be talking. And next thing, you know, he's gone. And that's two Fenway Franks. And I'll, I'll try to get Wade to, to, to justify this. I'll, I'll get him on just to make sure. And then as soon as it's time to hit, don't care if he's talking to you or not, he's gone. Out. See ya. And I know, I know people like, like Jeter ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every game. Like, it's just certain things that you don't expect when you see these guys that hold everything and you're like... Creamy or crunchy? He was creamy. <laughs> he, that sounds weird but he was,
2: <laughs> he's got four daughters
1: now and you know his wife so let's let's not get too into it. No, but. I get it
0: man. I just uh, you,
2: there's well, a choice creamy and, or crunchy. Yeah, and as we transition back here to the game tonight in the World Series is it difficult to maintain those superstitions those traditions that schedule with all the excitement cuz you were telling us a couple of weeks ago on the podcast you had to take a second for yourself before your first World Series game and go put 2 feet on the white line and send a picture to to some of your mentors in your life, your dad, your old hitting coach, your old pitching coach, excuse me. You had to go and do that before your first world series game. And there's all that added pressure. Is it hard to, to maintain? Yeah. Almost that, that calmness of the, tr- of the tradition and the the routine of going and playing a baseball game, because whenever you have that long regular season, it, it does become a routine for, you. you know what I'm starting today. This is my routine, but then the world series rolls around. It's a little bit different. Well, t- tell us about that experience, I guess, of, of, trying to, to maintain your same routine when going and playing a world series game, going and playing on the biggest stage.
1: I think there's, it's twofold in that you want to enjoy the moment, but you don't want the moment to take over. Mm. And that's, that's kind of the balance of finding it. And, and I think with a lot of guys on both teams that have been there and done that, I think that's kind of the conversations that you have with, you know, during BP and workout days and media days where it's just, having that conversation is like, man, enjoy the moment, but don't let the moment be too big. And you're thinking about that. You're going to have 30 million people watching you. And and it's hard to think about that. And like, there's, there's instances where you just, you, you just look around and you're like, holy crap. Like, this is what I played for. I mean, this is little league. This is what you dreamed of. I'm playing MLB the show. And, and now I'm in that position. And you know, it's always nice to see when, when, you know, Corbin Carroll, after he caught that last out and he was doing his presser and just to see like kind of how he got choked up because people forget that, yeah, we get to play a game and we get paid very well, but like, we love what we do. Like we sacrifice a lot for our families being gone and, and doing that. And it's, gratifying when you see that and understand it and and i was fortunate enough to be in their position i to have my son there and i gotta have my father there and to be able to hug both of them at the end of the night and thank my father for everything he did and my son just running around and carter's probably going to hate me for saying this but he hates champagne to this day because nick swisher he was on carter was on my shoulders Nick Swisher comes in and just fires champagne right at his grill <laughs> and cart like to open this, up kid. Oh. and I think Kart was probably hammered, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he like hated champagne to that day. And it's just like, but that's a memory he'll always have. And why do you
0: it, hate champagne kid world series? Yeah. It got
1: sprayed in my face. <laughs> Actually his verbatim. He frayed me with pain. He he was three. I get it. He He was was three. three. I mean,
2: who does that? Who sprays a three-year-old, the champagne? Well, they were just coming (laughs) in and everybody was going on all cylinders.
1: (laughs) At that point, it's no old barred. You don't know what's going on, but yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's not letting the moment get too big, but I, I can tell any of these kids in any aspect is like, you may never get this chance again. You have to enjoy it. And you have to take that time for yourself. And Enjoy all the gifts and all the stuff you get, but at the same time, it's, you know, tell your family you love them and thank you and and the people that got you there because you didn't do it by yourself. And I think that's very important in that aspect.
0: It's Jabba Chamberlain Triple Play Podcast live here in front of game one of the World Series. Give us a follow on Twitter, the Triple Play Podcast. The Trip Play is where you can follow. Uh, also, uh, Spotify and iTunes is where you can download the podcast and the Herd at Sports YouTube page is where you get the uh, past episodes. We're streaming live here. About 18 minutes till first pitch, 18 minutes. Uh, if you want to send a tweet in or uh, Contact us. You're welcome to do that during this uh, Game One World Series preview show. Jabba Chamberlain, Chris Schmidt, and Elijah Herbal. Guys, I look at some of the starters tonight, and you got Gallen and Ivaldi. Ivaldi's uh, untouched, unbeaten, 4 0, 242 ERA. Gallon's been mortal at times, but still is, is a gamer. Jabba, give me a thought on both of these starters.
1: I mean, Ivaldi going, he's 4 0. He'll be the first pitcher ever in postseason to win five games in a postseason and go five and zero. And he's shown what he can do. And I, I think game one is very important. Um, obviously, we've seen that home field advantage doesn't really matter in this postseason. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been crazy to see the road record and everything. It's twenty one and twelve or twenty one and fourteen. Excuse me. It's the highest since the wild card started in ninety five road teams win. And I mean, it's at a six 11 rate. That's, I mean, 60% of the time the road teams are winning. We thought home field advantage was what we talked about how many times. So I, I think Evaldi going in, he's, he's tough. Got a five pitch mix, knows how to win. He's been in the situation. Zach gallons, pitching to a five, won 17 games in the regular season knows he can do it, but you will see. And then I think it's, it's getting off to a good start and, and being able to establish early. And, and I think it's more so on Gallon's side than it is Nate's because I mean, we know what he's going to do. He, he's proven it time and time again, and they need to get to him early and get to their pen early. And if they do that, I, I think they're, they're going to be in a great position, but you know, game one, it's just, I'm excited for it, and I I think it's a good matchup, and I think Gallon can get back on the horse and go out and have a good outing and and get the ball to his guys. And if he gets the ball to Thompson, they're in a good spot. Mm -hmm. And then you've got those guys behind him. So I think that's that's great. And Nate's going to give you six hard. That's what he's going to do. And, you know, and I think he goes six plus because he's just a bulldog. And he's proven it over and over again. So it'll be fun to see.
2: Jabba Chamberlain is uh, here. It's the Triple Play podcast. We're getting our predictions here in just a second for the fall classic. It is the Rangers and the Diamondbacks going at it this season, this iteration. And Java, whenever you look at the lineup for each of these teams, there's obviously dangerous hitters on both sides, but you look at that Rangers lineup and there's so many guys that scare you with the power. I mean, you lead it off Marcus Simeon, then you go straight to Corey Seager, Evan Carter, Garcia. I mean, it just feels like there's a killer in every single spot in that lineup. And I want to get your thoughts as a guy who studied hitters for a living, really over your 10 years in the MLB. If, if you're Zach Gallon tonight, you're two and two in the postseason. You're staring down this Rangers lineup, knowing how important it is to get a fast start in the World Series. How are you attacking those guys? Is there anything specifically that you're wanting to get done going into this game? And obviously some of those plans change over the, the lights get bright and you're on the mound. But what is your plan going into this game, trying to figure out what you want to do against some of these guys? You know, every single one of them can sting you.
1: I, I think it's it, it's getting out in front of it and, and having a good first couple innings. I, I think, you know, setting the tone and not letting necessarily one guy beat you, because you know that can happen. And I think from where Zach Gallon has been and what he wants to do, I think it's it's minimizing the damage because you're going to get first and second. You're going to have those situations. But it's minimizing that damage. We, we, we've seen it, how it's played out in certain situations where it's changed the dynamic of a game. And I think for, for those guys, especially on the Rangers, you've seen their numbers and you've seen what it is. But I also think we have two defensive teams. Mm. It's the first time in World Series history you have the, the top two defensive teams in Major League Baseball, 56 and 57 errors. That's it. So we know we're going to get a clean baseball game. Well, knock on wood, we're going to get one. <laughs> it's a World Series. You never know. But I, I think with that lineup, you can't say that there's one person. We can't let them beat us. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say it right now, you're probably going to say Adolis, right? Mm-hmm. Seegers only had three home runs. Only three. <laughs> only three and only hitting 327. <laughs> and then you got Evan Carter, who literally just turned 21. Didn't make his debut till September 8th. And this dude, calm as a cucumber, like just loves the game, has scored eight runs. You know, Seager leads him with 12 runs scored. And but but you have guys that, you know, low that, you know, he has three homers. And if you get Josh Young hot, it's just. They're a deep lineup. And I I think if you're just going based upon vision and numbers, you're obviously going to pick the Rangers, right? Just because of what it is. But then when you look at it, of what the Diamondbacks are as a as a complete team, I think from stealing bases and everything around it, I personally think the D-backs are a more complete team because they don't rely on the two-run homer.
0: No, they, they can... Pressure with the, the running game. Well, they, they just beat a team that kind of relies on the two-run
1: homer. A hundred percent. And nobody expected it. And, and Corbin Carroll hasn't had an extra base hit in the last nine postseason games. He's hitting 295, has four bags, but he understands the game. And he didn't need had an extra base hit when he's going up the middle, just fighting stuff off because they know they're playing him a little bit. And he just hit it up the middle for a rookie to understand that dynamic to see what it is and to know, I don't have to press is impressive. Mm -hmm. And you got guys like Evan Carter and, you know, literally I read a story. I can't even remember where it's from. Alex Thomas said he was going to bunt before he hit the Homer. (laughs) Well, good thing you didn't bunt kid. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, it's, and and it's crazy to like, just the dynamics of both teams. That's why I think this is going to be interesting. And if you're not a baseball fan and tune in because you're going to see home runs, you're going to see sack bunch, you're going to see stolen bases. I mean, if Corbin Carroll in the first five games of this series only attempts one stolen base, I will go find him. I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably buy him a beer, but then we'll have a conversation.
0: You'll, you'll talk. Yeah, you, we'll you'll, talk. you pour a drink and talk. Yeah,
1: we'll go from there. But I think he's too valuable in so many of those aspects.
0: Jabba Chamberlain here. We're at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista Live. Game one, World Series preview. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Follow us on Twitter, the Triple Play Podcast. The Trip Play Pod is where you find it on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube under HerdAt Sports. And uh, we love doing this here, being up here in La Vista, the Hurtout Sports Bar and Grill. Guys, before we wind it down here, we'll get our predictions. But let's dive into a little gambling here. It's minus 160 Texas and the over under eight and a half runs. Does that seem a little juicy, a little high? Eight and a half whoa, total whoa, combined?
1: Whoa.
0: Eight and a half? Eight and a half.
1: I mean, they must be going off gallons lines because Evaldi hasn't... <laughs> Hasn't given up anything. Can we uh, just take a second
2: here to note that Schmidt's inner degenerate has come out here at the end of this my, podcast? I was wondering if it was coming out.
0: Oh, your that? inner degenerate. There it is. No, I, I mean, I'm interested here. <laughs> I
2: mean, listen. You're it, interested you know, for what reason? I mean, I, we got
0: I, to- I, I know for. A f- I don't know. Council for a Bluffs fact. is just right
2: over there. Schmitty. It is.
0: It's across <laughs> the river. I'm going to swim. Uh, my brother's again. The game one of the World Series. He's already shelled out for him his wife and his two kids. Now he told us he put them in section 300. He's like row two. Cause he's a Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> they
1: only had, he, he said they only had one ticket there though. Right. Yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. it was pretty
0: good. So <laughs> you guys fend for yourself. I'm going in. Uh, but no, I listen to make whatever he spent to get four world series tickets back game one in, in Arlington. He put heat down on game one. I know somewhere.
1: I mean, why would you not? I mean, if, if you go look at the history of Arlington, nothing good has happened there. Nothing good. They hosted the CS and the World Series. They weren't even in it. They've had two no-hitters thrown there, not from their team. <laughs> and literally, they built that stadium around their players. Left field is 329. Mm-hmm. What number did Adrian Belcher write? Twenty nine. It's four oh seven to center. He's one of the greatest catchers to ever play. Pudge. What number was he? Seven. Duh. Right field is three twenty six. See if you guys get this one. Who was? Ruben the... Sierra. Well, nope. That's you're stretching on that one. Well, I,
0: that's when I think of Rangers. I think of Ruben and, and and Nolan. Nope. Forgive me. Encavilia. No. Was it Nolan Ryan? Pete O'Brien.
1: No. Johnny Oates. Ah. Okay. So yeah, I mean they they have so much
0: history that Not they a Rangers. Well, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> they tried to build it around, but everything negative that's happened at that stadium has been against them. I mean, Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in history at there. Well, And then Corey Kluber with the Yankees
2: mm, threw a no-hitter against and, him as well. And, and the, the curse of that stadium – Started whenever they released the renderings. Have you seen the renderings compared yes. to what the stadium actually turned out looking like? Yes. Like it was the most beautiful looking stadium in the renderings. And you look at it side by side, it's like somebody ordered it on Wish. It is just terrible <laughs> off brand looking stadium. So I think that's, that's probably where this well stemmed played. from is the fact that somebody went cheap and it's. Knowing a couple engineers, it's probably the architect had a grand vision. They yeah, gave it to the engineers right. and said, "With that exactly. budget, you're never doing that." You know, the, <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, cost of building supplies in today's economy—we yeah, we, we sure. can't go there. Blame inflation. Sure. Uh huh. I just get a kick out of old W saying, "Yeah, I traded Sammy Sosa." Remember yep. seeing old Sammy uh, when he was a rookie with the Rangers, and uh, then went to the White Sox, and then the Cubs, and the rest is history. But pretty good, uh, pretty good series, and uh, things like. We'll uh, get moving shortly. And and to your point about the the betting tonight, I don't think anyone in their right mind can bet
2: against Nathan Eovaldi, right? Big game, Nate. No, you got to put I, the heat and, down. And Big I, game, Nate. Nasty, Nate. I, don't I think there's what some good value it? in the Diamondbacks to win this series overall. I think they're about plus 140 there if we're going to be talking gambling. I think there's good value there. But in terms of game one, with what, with what Nate's putting together this postseason, I can't bet against him personally. and I can't bet against the Rangers in game one behind that with that home crowd behind him. I know they they lost lost every single game in the ALCS in front of their own home crowd, but man, whenever you're, you're playing for essentially your childhood dreams in front of 40,000 people, man, the juice that's got to give you, I I don't think I can bet against the Rangers in game one.
1: Okay. So we're sitting here now. You're, you're not betting against game one. Let's get, we got it. We got to throw it out there, right? Let's Schmitty. I'm going to you. What do you got?
0: Taking Rangers in seven. That's that's heart versus head, and I know
1: that's what she said.
0: All right, right. <laughs> uh, I, I I go Rangers just because uh, of my brother's love affair with the Rangers, and I, I really like the Diamondbacks. Your uh, mama's down in Arizona half the year. I was just gonna say
1: you, you're giving Arizona no love, and they, well, I love Arizona. Half the
0: time. I, I love it, but I'm gonna go with my with Uncle Mark, and I'm gonna go with the Rangers in seven.
2: I think I'm going to go with the no logic. My logic here is history. I would have been a history major if I wasn't a broadcasting major. Same. In the history from OI. I wouldn't have. <laughs> well, what did you major in, Java? Baseball. <laughs> good answer, good answer. Yeah. he ain't come here to play school in the wise words <laughs> was that cardale jones way cardale, back when 12 gauge yes. yeah yeah we ain't come here to play school uh i did go to school to play school and i would have been a history major if i wasn't broadcasting love the history i think the history with 01, the parallels between that and now the diamondbacks won that series back in 01 against the yankees in seven i'm gonna take the diamondbacks in seven here in 2023 i hate to piggyback you but i
1: baseball is such a crazy game in that aspect and i've seen it so many times where it plays out like that.
2: History repeats
1: itself. And, and I'll give you one fact before we get out of here. They're only the third team to get the World Series with less than 84 wins. Last team to do it had 83 wins. 2006 Cardinals, what'd they do? They won the World Series. Won the World Series. Cardinals, they did it in 06. D-backs are going to do it in 23 in seven.
0: You're going seven, Arizona. I wanted
1: to say six. No, but I, I, I just, I, you got to go with your first instinct i went seven
0: well job at chamberlain uh, first to many uh, triple play podcasts we appreciate you checking it out uh, spotify and itunes the triple play pod follow us on twitter the trip play the herd at sports channel on youtube and uh, we'll be back next week with more thoughts on the world series we'll see how the uh, projections are trending that's Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Jabba Chamberlain. We, we did
2: all pick, to, pick a seven-game series here, yeah? We did. I think we're just both. crossing our fingers there, but I'd love a seven-game series. S- I hope we see it.
0: Steak and a beer. I, bo- I owe both of you a steak and a beer, if I'm wrong. I like Rabbi. I know you do. You're a strip guy, a filet. I'll eat. Whatever.
1: I was going to say something, but (laughs) yeah, we'll go there.
0: (laughs) Hey, thanks for checking in on us and spending time here with Triple Play Podcast. Here from Hurd at Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. We'll talk to you next time.